Welcome to the Find Your Leadership Confidence Podcast with Vicki Nedling. You are about to discover impactful lessons that help you grow as an individual, grow your confidence, and find the positive and good within you, so you powerfully and authentically become the best version of yourself. Be sure you visit our website at www.findyourleadershipconfidence.com. While you're there, subscribe to us via your favorite network. Now tune in, get ready, and enjoy the journey of emerging as a leader of exception in the 21st century. Welcome everyone to the Find Your Leadership Confidence podcast. My name is Vicki Nutley, and I am your host for the podcast. This podcast is designed to help you grow as a confident leader, taking your business or your life to the next level. We interview great guests to guide and inspire you in your journey to becoming the heart-centered leader our world so desperately needs. Be sure to visit our website at https colon forward slash forward slash www.findyourleadershipconfidence.com. While you're there, subscribe to us via your favorite network. Now get your notepad and two pens ready as we get started. All right. Today, I am going to be interviewing someone I have known for a while. And I want you all to be able to get to know why I love interviewing her and talking with her so much. Again, this is Vicki Nethling. I'm coming from Roswell, Georgia, and we are here to share topics that we believe will be of interest to you to help you grow as that leader. Today, Deborah Filbert will be our guest. She is a talk show host, a president of joyfulheart.org, and a travel agent. Nice little mixture of things there. Intriguing, yes? You can't wait to find out, I'll bet. So we will get to know her a little bit more as we progress through this interview. She'll elaborate more on things, um, each of these things that we just discussed, and you will get to know her a lot better by the end of this interview. So please join me in welcoming my guest, Deborah Filbert. Deborah. Hey, Vicki. Thank you, thank you, and- and, um, you know, I'm so grateful for you having me to get on this show, your podcast with you. And um, I want to thank you again for any audience. I hope you that I have something good to help someone out there. I know. It's, and you just never know. They're just one person. That's that's our goal in life, right? Just maybe we can impact and help just one person at a time. See, one step at a time. That's right. And that is what leads us to our theme goes right along with that. If I can, you can. That positive mindset that we all need, especially now in these times, it's so easy for us to just throw up our hands and want to give up. And so this is a great theme. If I can, you can. So first of all, we always do this. We ask a simple question to help you get into the groove of answering questions, but it's an easy one. What part of the country do you live in now you call home? 
I call Fayetteville, Georgia, my home, which, which I love. And the reason why I call that Fayetteville, Georgia, my home, because of the country feel, it's like country. And because, you know, where I'm from, I'm originally from Trinidad and Tobago, which is that, you know, you have the trees and the, 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 the clean air. And what I love <laughs> about here is that I can go down the street to the farm, get my fresh eggs and stuff. So it makes me feel like home. But Fayetteville, Georgia is my home for now, which I love. Well, we could tell by your accent <laughs> that you weren't from Georgia. <laughs> <laughs> and you did spend some time outside of Georgia before coming here. Where else did you live in the States? I lived in New York. <laughs> so there you have the island and New York accent kind of combined. It makes it such a pleasant thing I to lived hear. In New York. It's New great York to hear. Home. New York wasn't home for me. No, no but Georgia. Georgia is home. <laughs> yep. So you gave, I gave in the beginning some information about all of your different endeavors. Mm-hmm. And we're going to talk about your how you overcame a, a fear, but I want you to first talk about um, your your first business, uh, your talk show that you have. What is your talk show? Um, who's your audience, and and what is your main focus? So my talk show is, um, if I can, you can stack it. It's like you know coming over my fears. Um, one of the fear is. Growing up in Trinidad and Tobago as a young woman, one thing is young ladies must be seen and not heard. Mm -hmm. But the part about it is I was being abused as a child. And so my fear of speaking, um, like it's I'll hold everything back. Now I I have a voice, but before I didn't have that voice. And so that's why if I can, you can. It's from I always say where I came from to where I'm at today. And, you know, my mom had me at, she was 16. So she was a young woman, you know, a young lady at 16. And when I realized my, my mom can read, my grandparents can read. And so my sticker was education and I'm the oldest of six. Right. So being the oldest, it was on me still with that fear and, 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 and get being abused, abused. I couldn't, um, I'm like, okay. So I was that child who gained weight (laughs) and just decided to stay by myself. I I hardly had friends because I was so afraid. And the abuser would tell you, you can't talk about it. And then if you talk to your parents about it, you are uh, growing up in a Catholic, strictly Catholic. You can't talk about anything, the nuns or anything. So that's why I came, you know, my fears was like, I wouldn't speak, but, um, I always strive to do better to help so that my siblings wouldn't go through the same thing that I would. So I was like the mother to them in a way. And one of the things that I realized with, as I got older, my siblings, especially my sister after me, she's like, you know, because of you, I am who I am today. Oh, oh. That, that takeaway, that fear, I was like, oh, but I'd never thought I was doing anything. So they were the talkers, but I weren't the talker. So if it means not speaking. and But now... My fear became what it is I did after at 20, at 17, I started working in the government service in Trinidad and Tobago um, as, as a secretary in the courts. And um, at 22, I bought my own home. Wow. So I was pushing for that thing together, but still I wouldn't talk. Still, I wouldn't, I will always be, 
by myself, that shy introvert, not, I would just stay in my room or just stay away from, because then now I was not, the abuser wasn't able to abuse me anymore, but still that fear and speaking about it. And I didn't have like a role model to talk to about it. And so that fear at, and then I, I attracted an abuser. In so often happens. <laughs> so during that attraction of that abuser, eventually I decided, look, I can't do this anymore, but I love traveling. So traveling helped me a lot because when my daughter was born at three months, she had a passport to so travel. We will go to different states, you know, different countries. Um, when my son was born, we will go to different countries too. We will just travel. Um, one, one thing about him, we were in New York and he got lost on the train with my mom. So oh. it's, it's like quite an early age, he was three months. So it was like, I just love traveling. So that helped me, but still I would not be, I would still be that shy person, but just going out to other countries and, and dealing with that. But then the abuse was getting too much. Mm. So being abused as a child, in a house that you can't speak because your husband is abusing you of that woman. So I um, took my children and run. And that's when I came to America with my three kids. Wow. Yeah. And it's like 30 something years now. And I got to say, I got my voice. (sighs) I started joyful. It's not that. Um, In being Catholic, I started getting grounded in my faith, going into my faith, um, trying to stay deeper into my faith much more because now that I'm in a different country, again, loneliness stepped in. Mm-hmm. You don't have a family and just friends and you have. So I just get gouging in my faith. I started working with CRS, which is Catholic Relief Services mm-hmm. and Catholic Migration. And in that way, it's and for me, it's helping others. So I always wanted to help others. So that because I was helping my siblings, I end up helping others out there, like immigrants like myself um, out there who were struggling. And I think that was my thing is even though I wasn't speaking, but my actions, yeah. like my actions towards them. But nobody knew what I went through because I never spoke about it. Um, going to the homeless, like really freedom with the homeless and stuff mm-hmm. like that when I it was tough. It was a tough, like, so you know, like, how many years is this encompassing that you were going through this? It could say about, I was in my forties when I really spoke about it. Wow. And, and, and that's an interesting story. Mm-hmm. Um, and I lived in New York, but wasn't comfortable in New York because I never lived in an apartment all my life. So when you move to New York, it's so crowded and the subway and, and, and it was too much for me, a girl growing up in a country where we had a house with five acres of land and nothing, you know, not, not living in a smaller space. And um, I just, and then my abuser moved here and then eventually I'm like, I had to run. <laughs> so I moved to, to Georgia, but he passed away right during that time. So I moved to Georgia with my younger kid, my younger daughter. But coming back to CRS, when I decided to do CRS, Catholic Relief Services, I became a member of that because I was like doing charity work. Um, And I had to do a retreat, right? And in the retreat, this person was talking about 
the abuse because as women, we came together and yeah. talking about the treat. And she said, and I, I stood there and I sat there and I'm, oh, she's telling my story. Oh, she was telling my story. And I'm like, okay, because growing up, you always felt like you're the only one. Right? She was telling my story. And I'm like, okay. Um, But again, I can speak because I'm like, she's telling my story, but who can I talk it to? And it was so funny that one um, member of the church, she was, she became my mother. She was like my mother to me. And that day she drove me to the retreat and I sat in her car and that was the first person I told when I was 40, I was in my 40, 42, I could say. Wow. When I, that was the only person I told the story to in all my life. Hmm. After hearing that retreat from the retreat, hearing that other person's story. And she was the first person I, I told that to. The second part is in the retreat. I told the other woman around me. So then I became like I had that sisterhood around me that I know now because somebody is could tell mm-hmm. it and then I spoke it. Yeah. But it took me years again before I could really talk about it. Oh my goodness. So where are you today in this journey? You know, what what are you what are you doing? Is it something that you are always healing from or have have are you able to just get past it no I can say I'm healing from it I was able to get past it but I just continue doing my charities and continue doing um you know helping others and and now talking about it that's how the talk show came on if Mm -hmm. I can you can because coming from that not being speaking but um during it was 2000, no, 2015, 2014. We, in our church, what we usually do, go to the parish and help um, in the trailer parks because in the summertime, kids do not get a meal. Mm-hmm. People doesn't know that, but a lot of kids do not have meals in the summer. Because so, they don't have school lunches. No school lunches. Mm-hmm. So you go into these trailer parks or you go into these homes and you see the parents um five children, six children, 10 children, 20 children, you know, they have, I said, one mom had 15 kids. Okay. She had a young baby and her daughter had 15, had a baby too. And speaking to these moms, because I will walk and I will always talk because now I've talked to them because I think it's probably because they realized I wasn't threatened to them because it's mostly immigrants. Mm-hmm. I'm a threat to them. They would talk to me. And Afterwards, that, that again made me realize that I wasn't the only woman or the only child. Because yeah. I always feel I'm the only child that was happening to. Yeah. And I saw, listen to these women that they had all the child, you know, their children. From one woman, she said, she, it has been happened to her from four until she was 15. Okay. Mm-hmm. And, and, you know, when you hear their stories, but this one thing that struck me this day, I walked in. And this little boy, he would come every time we walk into the park or we drove in, he would want, can I have more food? And I'm like, we're giving you enough for you and your family. He's like, we don't have food. And he started talking about, so I befriend him. I'll take extra food for him. Now, you know, I had to make him my friend to make sure that he can, he told me his story. Yeah, trust you. He, telling me his story. 
you know, I'm like, he said, you know what, I wanted to go. We have this school in Georgia where it's landmark. I want to go to landmark school because I'm tired of moving. I'm tired of this. He was 12. Mm. He knew what he wanted. Um, and I cry now, okay, because every time I tell the story, I cry. He, when we, when I got there that day, I said, okay, I'm going to bring you back a, a policeman or look for a police officer, someone, because he wanted to be a policeman. Mm. The application, his mom never filled out the application. So he was so frustrated for him to get into the school. So he couldn't get in. So I said, okay, I'll bring you, I'll find someone and bring you so that, you know, you can talk to them like a male person. When I got back, he was no longer there. Mm. The whole family had moved out the trailer. One number I had was gone. No address. And anybody I asked, they didn't know where they left. And again, that's family who could not afford to pay for their, because in Israel, if they can't pay for their rent, they are out on the street. Yeah. So it's just that moving again. Um, and that's how Joyful Hearts was formed. Mm. Joyful Hearts was formed bringing joy to kids, coming educational-wise. Mm-hmm. Because too many kids are left behind, and not yeah. because of their fault, but because of mm-hmm. their, parents, their parents. And again, parents who have been abused and then being abused because I, I just told someone just recently that abuse attract abuse. Yeah. So as long as you're abused, you always attract that abuse if you don't get mm-hmm. healing, if you don't get to help yourself. Mm-hmm. And I still didn't have a voice because I still wouldn't talk. I would talk to you quietly and nicely, but I would not be like out there in public. I still wouldn't mm-hmm. talk. And Joyful House was formed because I would bring, we'd go downtown, bring home our family every Thanksgiving and show them how to sit at the table and eat. And some family would say, oh, we never ate on a table because like something, this is too fancy for me or this is too mm-hmm. much for me um, because we are, we are, custom to be outside on the streets um and so all of that too is like how many of the kids out there um, because mm-hmm. for me i'm a sticker for kids because for me as a kid i couldn't talk about it mm-hmm. right so these kids out there we don't know their parents are coming from that same thing too so with me doing that kim and them my boss one day we would come they will all come to the home with the kids and and i would say joyful hearts what's What's to bring joy to these kids' hearts? Mm. That's how Joyful Hearts was formed on the table around a feeding of homeless family. Wow. And, and now, okay, I'm like, okay, how am I going to redo this? Because my scare, I started get, feeling scared because I, I don't talk to people. I'm not going to speak no. in front of people. And one of my girlfriends, she said, um, oh, I found something for you, Toastmasters. And I'm like, <laughs> okay. I'm like, uh-uh, I'm not going there. I'm not doing that. And she said, I'm going to join Toastmasters with you just so that you do it because you cannot, <laughs> you cannot be a president of Joyful Heart if you're afraid to speak. Yeah. And it's like, okay. She found every Toastmasters with me. Mm-hmm. I fear I would not join it. I would not go. It's always the time. The time is not right to start. Yeah, so yeah. We're going through our Catholic bulletin. 
I saw Toastmasters. So St. Ignatius Toastmasters. And I'm like, okay. So I called once. I didn't go to the church. I called once. I called twice. (laughs) 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 I called a third time and somebody answered. Oh, (laughs) no. Oh, no. (laughs) You have to talk. (laughs) It was Linda. And I was like, okay. Um, Okay. I was breathing. And I'm like, okay. My friend hired me, take me for this Toastmasters, and I'm, I'm, I, I don't speak. You know, I'm not going to speak because speaking in front of her. She's like, you come on a Tuesday, and if you come, I'll be right there. I'll be waiting for you, and you can sit next to me. And I said, mm. okay. I, I missed the first one. She called me. <laughs> I was like, okay, I'll be there. I showed up. <laughs> but they said, table topic. And I'm like, Okay. <laughs> <laughs> No. I mind it. That <laughs> <laughs> was the funny one. I didn't speak. I just do the okay. That was my Toastmasters beginning. Mm. But, was- but you definitely have progressed yes. very far and um have your your podcast you have uh you you you've ventured on I really want you to just talk a little bit about your school yeah so during that um one thing thing I always said doing that I wanted to build a school because my knew my grandmother she couldn't read my mom couldn't read or write mm-hmm. and I always feel that education is a sticker going through it all these kids who I see in one education, I see they end up back in the system and they can't. And I always wanted to go back to Trinidad and, and it didn't happen, but I met this priest um, from Ghana and we talked about it. And I said, um, okay, father, he said, you can, we, I want to build a school for the kids in Africa. And I was like, okay, yeah, we can build a school. And he said, um, what's the name of your nonprofit? I said, Joyful Hearts. He's like, so what do you think you would name the school? I'm like, I don't know. He said, Sacred Heart, because it's Joyful Hearts. And we, we just played with that all the time. And then in 2020, I, I said I was going to go to Ghana. Then COVID came. But in 2021, I had the opportunity to go there and, and see. I have photos of the kids in the orphanages and just going. I have photos of. It was so sad to just walk around and see the poverty and see kids yeah. who need schooling and they can't afford to pay schooling because in Africa, some of the kids, um, parents can't afford it. Mm. So you see kids just running around and some going to school and their parents are out there selling. One what strike me is this little girl with a thing of water in her head while other kids were in their uniform going to school and the mom is putting this water on her head and all these things make me cry. Because the mama's with this jug of water and like little bowl, a little bowl with water, and she's going through the cars, and the mom is on the side trying to, you know, just sell something so that they can live. And yeah, and in and, and I, I I walked through. I can always tell people I had the the highlight part where I, I stayed with the people who had the money, but 
I valued it better when I went into the orphanage, when I went mm. on the streets and when I went through some of the villages and see how the, the goats and the pigs and the cows living in the house with the families. And, you know, that's how they yeah. live. Right. That's how their food is, you know. And not say Africa is not bad, it's not. But when you go to some of these villages and you see what's happening to these kids, kids yeah. are being abused, kids are being, kids are pregnant, you know, mm-hmm. and you hear all this stuff. And that's when um, this um, Sacred Heart was born, formed. And walking through the village, father had known this owner who had the land and they were getting so much problems just to get the um, him to sell it to them. Oh. And I walked in there and he said, okay, so I went to see the land and we were talking and then he just walked back and he said, you can get the land. You just pay so and so an amount of money and that's how. So now we are working on going back and, you know, doing fundraisers and raise that money so we can pay for the land and then start get the, we got the approval to build the school. So now it's just to pay for the land and mm. make that money up that $6,000 we need. And then start making it into either a nonprofit or for-profit school where people can help educate these kids in Africa. Wow. So fulfilling to of a dream to have. And <clears throat> and six thousand dollars, yeah. I mean yeah. such such a small cost for such a big, big project reward that, that will come from it. Yeah, so that's where I'm at, and that's how Joyful Hearts, we serve the kids in Georgia, and and I have a a, a testimony for Joyful Hearts. One of the students who we helped in Joyful Hearts, what we do is help them in college, like help them go to college, pay their room and boards in college, okay, because a lot of these kids doesn't have a home. That home in college for that four years is something they call home, physically hanging out with other kids and enjoying it. And what we we teach them how to do, you can find a job, take that money and save it. And one of the students in July, she's getting married and and she just got her master's. No, yeah, she she got her master's. She's got qualified social worker. She's helping her family, right? Because even though it's toxic between her and her parents, but now she's happy. And she's going to Italy to get married in July. And when she called me and told me that, and one thing I valued when she said it, she's like, Miss Deborah, I, I, you know what I valued? When you took me and you showed me how I could use, eat different foods and not just the fries and all this stuff, you, you taught me how to do this. Okay, I would take her to my home and, you know, feed, get teach her the West Indian, how we cook in the islands. Mm-hmm. She loved it. And she said, now that I value it, now I started traveling because I saw you. Yeah. And I'm getting married. And I was like, so happy for her. Mm-hmm. So that shows that if we could do for one, and, and again, if I can, you can, because if they could come from living in trailers and when you go in their houses, it's not like what we live in. And she can go out there, get her master's, get married, and live a successful life. It's, you know, it's just that attitude, right? That you can mm-hmm. and believing in yourself. Yep. And wow. the same thing we want to take for the kids in Africa is making yeah. them they can believe and they can uh, come out that poverty level. 
so so very helpful so needed too and even here in the states we have folks we we have it yes yeah i mean you know the the two years of of not having really a strong education support system there's a lot of key kids that you know are going to need help need help too because when you look at the school you talk to social workers mm-hmm. um, you see but that's why I always say I love going into the trenches with where it is not not because we stay outside and look at it but yeah. people, and some people are afraid to go in into <clears throat> that deep neighborhood oh I'm afraid that they're going to do but surprisingly the families need it yeah this, the families need it and like during I think it was Thanksgiving. I normally go downtown and feed the homeless. But this um, COVID, we couldn't do that, right? Yeah. So we had extra lunches, and I walked into that trailer park. It had a mother with seven kids. Hmm. And I was like, do you need sandwiches and whatnot? And no, I asked someone in the neighborhood, do you know a family who would need food? And he just pointed me to that family. And when I walked in, the mother was so, she's like, thank you. Yeah. Wow. Wow. So um, what we want to do now is go into, I started with easy questions. I like to end with some easy things. But the first is what I ask everyone is, you know, we've been around the block a couple times, most of us that I interview here. And I would love for you to share three pieces of advice that you wish somebody would have shared with you when you were 20 or 30. When I was 20 or 30, three advice I would have asked. I think about that. Sometimes I don't think about the advice. It's like as a single mom, I would, you know, to people would say it's 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 not it's telling it's easy, but it's it was hard. You know, I would I wish I had people around me who would steer me into the right direction because it was tough being a single mom. Mm-hmm. So and sometimes so I would tell people. If you see a mom struggling, whatever, you know, just give them a hug or give you a, a hug or no matter what, you don't have to tell them anything, but just say, hey, give them a hug. And I wish somebody would come at that time and give me that hug that I needed because I was going through all my fears and all my insecurities and I didn't have that. Yeah. So just a, a simple hug. I would tell people, um, don't be afraid of, you see someone downstairs, don't, don't criticize them, help them. No matter what it is, um, you see them, don't, just help, just help that person. That's one of the things I would say. And for me, in the last part is, you tell me. It's just, do not be afraid, because I was always fearful, and I wish I always had that. I wish I always had that. Um, and two Toastmasters, I would say, I would tell people one of the things you do, which I love, join a Toastmasters club. That helped me. Yeah, because it's a group that is, uh, allows you to be vulnerable because you build this trust kind of circle within the, those folks. And, um, and in your speeches that you do, you really have that opportunity to open, you know, cracks of your door or the windows of your life mm-hmm. that you hadn't told anyone about before, yeah. whether you just thought it wasn't important that it 
no one would be interested in or you were hiding it. And now you had people that you could see care about you. Right. And I think that's what you were seeking as you came to Georgia was just to find that network, that community Mm -hmm. that would lift you up and support you and allow you that understanding that you could use your voice. Yes. And that's how I use my voice. I, and, you know, and I always say, I tell people, it took me three years in Toastmasters to get my <laughs> Some people take five years, but it took me because when I started and I really got into it, I started just moving, moving up the ladder. And, you know, and I, and I thank God for my mentor, mm-hmm. that mentor, in, in, and I could say her name, Linda, for mm-hmm. pushing me to that next level. And another thing is that, what I loved about the group we were in, we had, we were centered around God. Yeah. Yeah. I, um, you can say her last name. We'll give her credit. Linda Tyson. Yes, Linda. (laughs) So I was involved with helping that get started and it is, you know, it is a wonderful, um, a wonderful group because they do understand that that's, that's who we should all give praise to. Right. Mm-hmm. All right, the fun time here. It's called the rapid fire, and mm-hmm. it is I will give you five words or phrases, mm-hmm. and you have a minute to respond to each of them. Okay. So um, the first word is best vacation. <laughs> best vacation. I just came back from Dubai. <laughs> Dubai. That's my best vacation. It was, even though um, going to Dubai just opened my eyes a lot to different Mm -hmm. countries in Dubai, which I love it. Just going to and visiting all the different um, artifacts and all the different cultures in Dubai, which I I will recommend anybody go to Dubai. It's beautiful. Hardest thing you ever had to do join Toastmasters <laughs> <laughs> she she could leave an abusive husband but she could, this is why we do this <laughs> this is why you know I'm out here to help those of you that are afraid of public speaking <laughs> just the the just understand this her pain <laughs> Of abuse was not as bad as that fear of speaking in front of others. <laughs> if I can rhyme it. <laughs> and here's, but, but look, as I tell everyone, you live after that first speech, right? You did not die. Uh, very good. All right. You know, I'm a foodie. You're a foodie. Mm-hmm. Favorite food. Hi, my favorite right now is that Beyond Burger because I'm a vegetarian and I had that today. So I just love the Beyond Burger. Oh, yeah. We are not a sponsor of Beyond Burger, but yeah, there you go. There's your recommendation. Yeah, I just love it as a vegetarian. All right. If you could take a trip across the U.S. in, would you do it by plane or car and why? <laughs> Um, not by plane and not by car, by train. Ah, <laughs> and why? Okay, my reason why is that I can get on a train 
and stop off into so my thing is to come from Georgia and go all the way to um what's I going to to Texas but I must take the train and stop in different stop in different states and that's my reason why it's so I could visit different states and I by car it's too much that mean in the train now in the trains like the Amtrak you could have your own bed or you can have your own room that's that's my that's what I would love you don't have to drive that's awesome yep and so one more no two more two more so I would like to know if you had to teach one of your kids Mm -hmm. something about life what would be the number one lesson you would like to to teach them I would I would love to teach them that do not be afraid to speak out if someone is hurting you, if someone, if anybody, you're uncomfortable, um, just speak. Find somebody to talk to. And the last is a word, and that word is motivation. Motiv- what does that make you think? Motivation makes me think just like what I'm doing right now. Um something that I'm sharing my story that motivates me because I know I'm helping somebody else who's here in this right now because mm-hmm. it has someone who's just like me or just like that other woman who was afraid to share her story and they are still going through all that abuse and going through what they're going through now and they're afraid motivation I think for me what I'm doing now is to motivate other motivating another woman oh not only women men oh mm-hmm young young boys or young girls right right yeah I think one of my biggest takeaways tonight is when you said that her story was your story yeah and I think that's what we as speakers as trainers as human beings need to understand that to be a a asset to our community to be somebody that can be impactful, we have to be vulnerable, we have to be authentic, and we have to understand that our pain is not ours alone. That there are a lot of other people that have that same pain and like are like you are too afraid to share that pain. Yep. Or too afraid to let people know. I think Darren Hardy calls it, you know, we wear a mask and it's easier for us to wear that mask than to be able to share. And that makes sense. Like saying that women, because I could say I wore a mask all my life. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, but you, you know, especially you successful going to business in a corporate world or whatever, everybody thinks, Oh, you have everything. Oh, okay. Yep. And I yeah. didn't. <laughs> It didn't. Yeah. Well, it has been wonderful. I am going to now um, share my screen so that we can see what. So right now I'm sharing my screen. And um, so Deborah's website, for those of you that might be listening on audio, uh, those that are watching this video, you can go ahead and get your cameras out and take a screenshot. It's www.debs.com. W-O-R-L-D 
V-A-C-A-T-I-O-N-S.com. That's www.debsworldvacations.com. And you also, um, if you wanted to check out her Joyful Hearts, it's www.jfhearts.org. Again, that's www.jfhearts.org. And she has a free gift. Um, She will give you 20% off because she is a travel agent too. 20% off when you book a trip from Deb's World Vacations. So uh, check out that link. It's again at debsworldvacations.com. You can email Deb at dpme44 at icloud.com. Again, that's dp, like David Paul, me44 at icloud.com. I couldn't um, end my podcast without, uh, again, sharing my book launch from last or for this past February. Um, You can get it at Amazon, The Unstoppable, Being Fierce, Fearless, and Unfuckwithable in Life and Business. Uh, It's a book by Rochelle Marie Lawson, and I am chapter number five, Growing Your Confidence critical steps to leading in the 21st century, which I'm telling you all, if you're doing it the way you always did it, it's, you got to change. And there's a QR code code that can get you there if you'd like to. Again, thank you so much, Deborah, for being my guest today. It has been so much fun. Um, We, we learned a lot about you. I gave you some time to get emotional, um, but you had such a great story. And, and that's the best thing, you know, that you shared your story because you never know whose story is your story. Yep. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. So I would like to um, tell you all to please go ahead and check out Deb's websites. Check out... Um, what she's doing with Joyful Hearts, and uh, email her if you'd like to try to help with the school in Ghana. That would be awesome. Uh, she can talk to you about her GoFundMe. Well, and, one of the uh, things, I'm not going to cut across you, one of the things, like when they book, the percentage of that money goes towards helping the nonprofit and yeah. the school in Ghana or helping somebody else, some non-other nonprofit. Yeah, awesome, awesome. So until next time, remember that life is a journey and it's up to you to enjoy the ride. That's it for tonight. Thanks for being um, with me on the leadership, uh, find your leadership confidence podcast. I'm Vicki Nethling and I'm your host and I'll talk to you soon. Thank you for tuning into the find your leadership confidence podcast with Vicki Nethling where we share impactful lessons that help you grow as an individual, grow your confidence, and find the positive and good within you so you powerfully and authentically become the best version of yourself. Remember to visit our website at www.findyourleadershipconfidence.com and enjoy even more great episodes like this one. Again, while you're here, subscribe to us via your favorite network. We look forward to seeing you next time on the Find Your Leadership Confidence Podcast.